Hello everyone, my name is Jamie and welcome to episode 8 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. As always, I'm here with Mitch. Today, we're going to do a year in review episode. We'll see you after the intro. Welcome to the Fitness Business Growth Podcast, a podcast run by gym owners for gym owners. My name is Mitch and along with Jamie, we are your hosts and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing, to lead generation, to sales, to retention, to staff, and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following episode, and we will speak with you soon. And we're back, our last episode of the year, Mitch. How has the year been? It's been good. 12 months without any closures or lockdowns. It's been fantastic. We we were discussing it this morning. It's just uh, time's gone slow because if you remember, January we had the big, big Omicron surge. Mm, Who could forget Omicron? Yeah, I know, I know. It's, right, just, guys. it's interesting just because this time last year, like here in New South Wales, we'd only been open for like eight weeks, I think. It just seems like forever ago. Yeah, and this week last year, we actually made the decision to close our gyms down due to the fact that like COVID was running wild and we still had this seven-day isolation policy. So, for example, if someone got COVID today, they'd, they'd miss Christmas with their family. Crazy. Yeah. That's right. What a world we lived in. Yeah, I know. So, mate, we can't get too political and get carried over with our COVID conspiracies. Let's, let's get on with it. So we're going to talk about our year in review. We're going to start with the things that we, we did well uh, and the things that we, I guess, didn't do that well and things that we want to focus on in 2023. And we coach a wide range of gym owners, personal trainers, online trainers, but I would be the biggest hypocrite in the world. I think you'd agree with me, Mitch, is, you can always make improvements. And that's almost the, the beauty about business. Every single year as you learn more and more, you identify, I wouldn't say large bottlenecks, but just little bottlenecks here and there that you can improve. And I guess what we always trying to do is how can we become as efficient as possible? Yeah, we, we do a lot of things well, uh, but there are still things that we need to focus on and, and improve. And this is a really good time of the year just to do a bit of a uh, bit of an assessment of, of the year that's been and a bit of reflection to see, you know, what has it been that you've done well? What is it that, that maybe you didn't do as well or maybe that you neglected a little bit or things that you can look to improve uh, in, in 2023 or the upcoming year? And, and I think being fitness people, you know, most people – even if they are fit or healthy or strong, you know, they are always looking to do something um, something better for, for their own health and fitness and, and strength and body composition. So I think the same should apply for business where it's always, it's good to be um, always a little bit hungry to improve. So that's where we wanted to discuss what we feel like we've done well this year and then as well what we feel like that we can improve on into next year. And we'll start with the first thing that we did well, and we'll try and make this in chronological order from January until now. So what we did last year, so January 2022, and I'm proud to say it's going to happen next year, is, geez, we got off to a hot start in January. Yeah. We had over 50 trials commencing in January, and we've covered this two episodes ago. 
But that hot start, it doesn't actually start January 4. It starts December the 1st. Yeah, just being prepared for the – we won't harp on this too much, but but really hitting the ground running in that first week in December. And, you know, we've got, you know, a good amount of trials coming through already in the, the first week of, of January. So we know that even if we were to put our phones down and, and not do anything between now and then, we'd have we'd have people starting. But last year it just set – set a really good foundation and really good framework for the year after that. Uh, but it all started with a really strong January, which led into February and March and, and really built some momentum for the for 12 months after it. And we will harp on a little bit here. Like as a business owner, you're busy 52 weeks a year. I'd like to think that you could have a break between January, December 23 and, and December 31st. And, like, the idea that you would be doing absolutely nothing up until the Boxing Day sale, for me, that's just crazy. Like, it's insane. It's, it doesn't make any sense for you to enjoy your Christmas lunch, have the afternoon nap, uh, and then get, and get your Boxing Day promotions up and running. Yeah. Do your work early and you can enjoy that time um, without having to worry about it as much. All right, mate. Uh, the second thing we did well is... We ran a six-week challenge. Now, we've always got an evergreen challenge running where people can sign up uh, and start a 21-day, 20-day program any week of the year. But for the first time in a while, we wanted to test a big six-week challenge having a definitive start date, which a lot of gyms do. We, we thought, like, well, what is the difference going to be between, like, not having a start date and then having a start date? And we also had a prize for that challenge too. Yeah, we were... Uh, in two minds a little bit about it before we weren't really sure if it was something that we wanted to go down the road of because it is a lot of work and it's a lot of time money effort energy that goes towards it but looking back after we finished it and seeing how much um, or how much many trials and how many challenges we, we got on board and then also how many people we converted into Members after that who were still, you know, six months on, very good members, you know, came to the Christmas party, still attending three, four times a week. It definitely was something that we could tick off as being successful. Um, although I've, in my opinion, maybe changed just a few tiny things, you know, when we do it again next year. But, you know, we do have it on our calendar for 2023 and we'll be doing it again. Well, I think we should back up a bit and say, like, why we typically don't like challenges with start dates. And we learnt this when we are both working in Anytime Fitness. Twice a year, I think it's February and August, they have their $0 joining fee and they go all in on the promotion, all in on the campaigns. But, like, what happens if, let's just say that your $0 joining day is February 28th, the four weeks before it and the four weeks after, you don't actually get more members. You get members on that one day as people are waiting around or you clear out your entire pipeline for that one day. So the question would always be, you might get 20 members February 28, but if you just ran your gym like like you would the other eight weeks of the year, what have you got 20 members in those eight weeks? I hope that made sense. Yeah, no, that's exactly made sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of like 20 members in one day sounds great, but what have you gotten 20 members in, in two months anyway? So. Well, so for us, we promoted that six-week challenge for three weeks. So leading up to that three weeks of like the start date, we didn't have anyone new in our gym. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we made sure we did do 
But once that challenge started, we just came back to our regular scheduled programming and had some other Facebook ads running that wasn't obviously a six-week challenge. So we continued to get get some a steady flow of trials after that start date, which was um, around the end of July from memory. Uh, one, one thing that I don't think made a difference, and maybe you'll disagree with me, and we can we can argue argue on screen here about it, uh, was the was the prize. So we put up two two big prizes, uh, three prizes actually. We had an overall winner, um, which was a thousand dollars, and then we had uh, sorry, we had two two prizes: an overall winner for body composition, so who who lost the most weight relative to how much they weighed, so you know, weight percentage. And then also like a consistency one where people who adhered to uh, the different challenge product, different uh, challenge metrics that we needed to have. So we gave away two thousand dollars in in prize money. The idea about that around that was that we thought it was going to motivate people to to sign up more and obviously give people a reason to to stay on track. Uh, looking back, I don't think it really moved the needle that much. I think maybe having a prize is good, but maybe one $500 prize would have been just as good. So we could have maybe saved ourselves $1,500 there. Well, I can tell you definitively, like the only reason why that $1,000 prize would be effective is it should get a better cost per lead, click-through rate, cheaper impressions. And in July, we generated 125 leads uh, for a total of 26.37 per lead, which is about our yearly average cost per lead. So, like in my opinion, the prize did next to nothing because I, I, I thought my hypothesis, which is why you should track your numbers, is that I thought the lead price would, would cut in half. And I think if you're going to do a prize, I remember F45 where we used to, where we live, they had like 10 of them. They had a car. So, like, the first prize was win a Toyota Corolla. So, unless you're going for a stupidly over-the-top price, I don't think a prize actually matters. Not at all. No. Yeah, so that, that's our food for thought next year. But overall, successful successful challenge. It, it was a good way, obviously, to get some uh, new faces in the gym, but also a really good way to keep our current members motivated, keep them training. We purposely did it in winter knowing that winter is typically a harder time for people to stay on track and stay consistent. And like I mentioned earlier, we've got it uh, on the calendar again for next year. I will jump in quickly about the prize. I think potentially if you're doing an internal play for your members and you want them to pay for the six-week challenge, you may offer a prize only to them because they're already paying their membership. So it would make sense if they put up an extra $200 or $400, they would go in the draw to win something. But the prize to the general public, no way. Yeah, I agree. All right, mate, next thing. What was it? Uh, this is something I'm really proud of, actually, and I'll tell you a story. So one of our first locations ever in Curry Curry, we went from, I think we put on like 200 members in three months, the good old days in 2016. And then in that three-month period, we like we had 120 cancellations or something. Like, where did all those members go? Yeah, and, like, we talk about leads a lot. We talk about sales. We talk about that there's, there's very few things more important than your churn percentage. Do you want to explain what that actually is? Yeah, so your retention rate um, is the opposite to your churn rate, but they're effectively the same. So, so churn rate is what percentage of your member base do you lose every single month? 
So if you've got 100 members and you lose 10 members each month, your churn rate is 10%, which means your retention rate is 90%. Now, that might not sound like much, 10 a month when you've got 100, but if you lose that every single month, you've lost 120 members in the whole year. Keep in mind, you've only got 100. So there is a lot of what you call churn and burn going on where you're signing people up and they're cancelling and you're effectively having just to be exceptional marketers and salesmen um, and being able to acquire customers very, very regularly. Otherwise, your business is effectively going to crash and burn. So that churn rate, um, extremely important. And just to use that, ex same, that exact same example, if that number went from 10 to 5, all of a sudden you only lose 60 members in a year as opposed to 120. So when you think about that you've got 60 more members in your gym and how much easier that is on your acquisition system and your marketing system and how many customers you acquire, it really is uh, it's completely game-changing for your business. Every percentage that's lower, they're, they're much easier and they're much, uh, much better business you run, I feel like, the, the more stable your business. I might do a bit of fear-mongering here, mate. The average gym owner, let's say they have 100 members, and let's say their churn rate is 10%, which is losing 10 members per month. Anyone watching this podcast, look at your member list today of those 100 people. They're all going to be gone. Like, just think about how, what a terrifying situation that would be where you have to turn over your entire database of members every 10 months. And that's where, like, you see gyms open up red hot, come out of the gate strong, and they're closed in two or three years. Because some gyms, we've been involved in a few businesses, mate, where like their churn was like 20, 25%. And the problem only gets exacerbated worse when you've got more members. So a typical, say an F45 opened in 2015, they had 300 members, very different time in the world. Their churn rate was 20%. They'd have to get 60 new members every single month. They're turning over their entire database in five months. How many months can you do that for before every single person in that area has already joined and cancelled? Yeah, it, it's it's effectively the very reason why businesses don't last because yeah, exactly. they, start out, they start out well, they start out good. You get a lot of members, there's a lot of excitement. And then about halfway through the second year, the excitement's worn off. Everyone is outside of their contract. People probably aren't coming as much as they were. And then they start to lose 10, 15, 20% of their members every single month. And if you just do the quick maths on that, it, it is effectively impossible to replace that. And that's where, you know, we've even heard of someone local who owns an F45 who went from 310 members down to 60 members. And the reason being, they just couldn't couldn't replace the people they were losing. So, for, for what 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 are, what was our final percentage on our churn rate this year? Our churn percentage, mate, was three point six zero percent. Now, there's a hundred things you can do to improve your churn rate, but Mitch, I'd love to give the audience two two of our biggest secrets. Are you ready? Ready. Every single week, we, we have a no-show list. So on Mondays, we have a list of people that didn't come the previous week. If they don't come, we text them saying, hey, we missed you last week. When are you? When is your next session? If they don't come by Wednesday, on Thursday, they get another text message. 
there is nothing more important for your churn percentage than usage of the actual sessions themselves. Yeah, that's right. Very rarely do people cancel their membership when they're coming regularly. And there's, there's always going to be um, exceptions to that rule, but attendance is, is number one, and that's where we feel like if people are coming, then they are in the best possible position to, to want to stay on and can continue their membership there. And you might think that's a lot of work. So every every Monday we have a no-show list and there might be 10 to 15 people at each gym that we message. So our trainers are messaging 15 people each on Monday. Let me tell you how much easier that is. It takes about 15 minutes from setting up another Facebook ad to generating more leads, to booking consultations, to doing sale calls, to onboarding that new client. And every single member we save, it's just worth their weight in gold. What's the second one? Mate, second number one, we've always done this really well. And before we are the fitness experts before you today, we just have a lot of fun. And, and what I mean by that is we have 12 community events a year. And they range from bushwalks. They range from like family barbecues. They range from we had, we had a barefoot bowls night. We went and saw the Mighty Knights get smashed by, was it the Sharks, mate? Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne, but it was like 50 nil. Um, we have a trivia night, which is our favorite night of the year. We have a karaoke night and we have a massive Christmas party. So we try and have an event every single month, some in the gym, some outside of the gym, some that are more exercise health focused, and then some that are just a good old-fashioned piss up with the members. Yeah, we, we try to tick all the different boxes for, for people who you know want something active, people who want something social, for people who want a bit of a party. Uh, so we, we try to tick all those different boxes with, with different events throughout the year. But we are, we are very much, and, and every group training or every gym probably says they've got a good community and, and it's something that we really pride ourselves on as well. Uh, but do they, Mitch, do they have good community or they yeah, just say that? They say they do. And whether they do or not, I mean, you, you'll never know. But we, we feel as though that so much of our effort um, and energy goes towards these events outside of the gym and outside of the sessions and that's where we feel like that a lot of these friendships get formed. It feels like that's where bonds get formed between trainers and members and really gives those members something to look forward to and, and truly gives them that uh, possible gives it the possibility for the gym to be that third place in people's life outside of, you know, work and, and home. And other people, you know, they've got other sports or things that they do, but for a lot of people who come into our gyms, it is their, their third place and, and they – They'll show up to every single one of those social events and they'll show up to the gym four or five times a week and it's just really such a huge part of their life. So we try to give everyone the opportunity to be a part of it if they want to. Yeah, and if someone is having a bad month of attendance, it does happen. If they can come to that one community event, you could almost guarantee they're going to be a month of the next, a member of the next three months. And something that we learned really, really well off uh, the, ter- <laughs> the mining Terrigal of Oka Panthers was an AFL club. Inside that club, like everyone goes there to play AFL, but the social aspect of that football club is why people stay there for 10, 15, 20 years. And it really is amazing when that person, like that is their outlet from their family and friends. We have members, and I'm sure they're completely different human beings inside the Breakthrough Active World compared to who they are at home. Yeah, so very proud of our churn percentage. And if we can uh, mimic that again in 2023, we're going to be in very, very good stead.
So 3.6%. Let's see if we can beat it next year. And this is really good too, mate. Uh, we increased our prices by 10%. Now, this is an interesting one because the best example I can give you is if you have 150 members paying 50 or you can have 50 members paying 150, what would you rather? And the answer is probably I'd rather only have 50 members. And we're not at that point yet with our pricing, but one day, Mitch, what is our price going to be? Like, is it going to be 100 a week, 120 a week, 130 a week? What do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, the jury's out on that, but, but we continue to increase it um, every year. And this year we increased it by 10%. We, we were just talking off air about increasing it again here in 2023. Um, but just to your point there as well, you know, if, if you've got 150 people paying 50 or you've got 150 people paying 55, which is 10% more, that's the same as having 165 members paying 50. So yeah. it's, it's very basic maths and, and it's something that we're continuing to push the envelope on uh, and feel like that as long as we are backing up that uh, increase in price with a really, really good service, which we can say with hands on our heart that it is, um, it just obviously what we just spoke about, you know, we, we, we have, we provide high levels of account accountability. We provide events outside of the gym. On, on top of that, we, we run a very, you know, good program in a nice clean facility, you know, with good trainers and good owners. We feel like we can charge that money and we'll continue to, to challenge the public to see, to see what they're willing to pay. And so far we haven't, haven't had any knockback from that. So we'll continue to increase our rates. And, and this isn't us being greedy as everyone knows, like inflation's gone through the roof this year. All of our prices, all of our costs have gone up. We're paying our staff more. So it makes sense that we just increase our new member rates. Yeah, and so we're completely transparent. Currently, we're 12 months 66. We're six months 75. And we occasionally rarely do a session pack for the person in the mines that's there one week away one week. But just before next year, our prices are 12 months 69 and six months 79, which as far as I know, Mitch, and I'm pretty all over it, is that we are the second most expensive gym in Newcastle and I'm damn proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's been something that's been really, uh, really important for us. You know, if you look at how many members we put on this year and if we had have been charging 60, which is what we started at the beginning of the, week, of the year, 60 per week, we would have been 10% worse off through all these new members we signed up. So it was a good decision and another one we're going to make in the new year. Well, mate, this kind of all ties into the last thing that we did really well is just knowing our numbers. And I've been going on like a raving mad lunatic on my personal profile and our Facebook group about my beautiful spreadsheets and tracking your numbers. But if we didn't track our numbers, we would not know our churn percentage. We would not know that our average membership price has gone up 10%. We would not know our cost per lead. We would not know our lifetime customer value. And it's almost unbelievable that people run their businesses without knowing the numbers. Yeah. And, and when we first started many years ago, we, we didn't have a clue. We were, and we were making, and I, and I think the biggest thing is we can now make well educated decisions based off the data. Whereas before, or for, for business owners that don't track their numbers, it's very easy to fall in, into the trap of saying, oh, it, it feels like we're having a lot of people cancel because there's, you know, there's not enough session, you know, they, they want a 6.30 p.m. session. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to make changes based off what you feel like 
is happening as opposed to saying, well, hang on, we, we've had four people cancelled last month. This person cancelled for this reason. That person cancelled for this reason. This person cancelled for this reason. And only one person wanted a later session. So we're not going to make changes to our business because there's no data to support that. And, and that's just one example. But really being able to look at those numbers and it's something that we do every single Monday. We look at the week just gone. We go over all of our different spreadsheets, all of our different numbers. We see, you know, where we're at for that week, what we've done the week prior, plan ahead for the week. And we are, although we still feel as though we are making some creative decisions and, you know, having good ideas and, and things that we're implementing there, we are always wanting it to be supported by data and not making irrational or emotional decisions and making sure that they're data-driven and logically driven. Well, two quick things from our clients that we see is lots of gym owners think they have a lead problem, and yes, lots of them do, but some gyms are generating 20, 30, 40 leads a week. Like if you're generating 20 to 40 leads a week, you haven't got a lead problem. You've most likely got a lead conversion problem or a sales problem. So if I look at their spreadsheet, they've got 40 leads and I only had five new trials that week. Well, that's actually the issue because they, should, they probably should have about 16 new trials. Or the number one thing, which I'm sure you see it all the time, is like gym owners will have 50 members and the, the less members that you have, the better your churn percentage typically is. They'll have they'll lose one, two members a, a month. So their churn rate is one to two percent, one to four percent, sorry. And like they're trying to come up with new ways to save more members when like it's quite obvious, like you need more leads. And having those numbers, it is such a good thing. The other day, we just kind of like, yeah, Adamstown Gyms had a really great couple of months. We checked the spreadsheets. Turns out Cardiff and Adamstown exactly the same. And I don't know where we got that feeling from. Yeah, it's just a feeling that we had and it was um, it was wrong. So that's where, you know, having, having those numbers um, and having a system around gathering those numbers. So that's where uh, anyone who doesn't, keep track of those things and it doesn't need to be every single thing but you need to know some of those very basic numbers in your business and review them regularly so you have an idea of you know places you can improve um and place places you're doing well like jamie's to jamie's point you know you might not have a retention problem you've got a sales problem or at the other end you know you might be feel like you need more leads and more sales where you've got 15 percent retention so you need to plug that leaking bucket and stop, mm -hmm. stop cancellations. So that, data drives all of our decision-making and um, and that's always at the forefront of, of our process whenever we're making any changes. So just to recap things we did well, we had an amazing January that was set up by having an even better December 21. We had a successful six-week challenge with a start date. This year we're going to do it again but have no prizes, maybe just an internal prize. We had a low churn rate. Maybe if we're at 3.6% next year, I'll be over the moon. So let's, let's try and maintain that. We, oh, one thing that we didn't mention either, sorry, I missed this. We, we had no staff turnover. And like this, this is a big, big, big rock of people's businesses. We hired two new trainers at the start of the year and we're proud to say they're still with us. Uh, we have two other trainers that have been with us for three plus years and we hired a VA that we've had for 12 months almost. So it's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Like staffing's the type of thing that, you don't really appreciate and, and think of until you lose someone. You kind of yeah. just expect people to keep their job and not be any issues. But, you know, upon reflection for us not to have any any staff leave or any turnover there, it's just been it's been a really positive year in that respect and it's made our lives so much easier. Because obviously for, for business owners, 
whenever you do hire staff, it's so they can complete duties that you don't want to do or that you feel like you're not as good as someone else doing. So if we had have had any disruption there with staff leaving, it would have fallen back on us and we would have been at, we wouldn't have been as productive or as, as efficient with, as being gym owners and, and, you know, all this stuff that we're doing, you know, for fitness business growth. So it all, all sort of starts with having a really good team, which, you know, we've been able to build um, obviously over the last few years, but over the last 12 months having seen two new staff members, a new VA, and them still being happy and looking forward to next year is really important. Yeah, and you said it, but like fitness business growth, fitness business consulting would not exist if we didn't have solid staff, I guess, following through on our systems. Uh, systems run the business, but people run the systems, and the people that we have now are absolutely amazing, and we love them. So, mate, things that we want to focus on in 2023, or another way you could say it is things that we didn't do well in 2022. Or not, maybe not as well as we could have. Yeah. So the the, the first one uh, was around email marketing and, and texting marketing, and it's hitting our lists. So we we have lists of ex members. We have lists of leads who never um, converted into phone calls or sales. We have lists of people who maybe got on a sales call and didn't start um, a trial. We have people who no showed their call. So we have all these different lists, and we. Uh, didn't do as much with them um, as we could have here in 2022 in terms of regular email um, correspondence, you know, reaching out by text or even reaching out by phone call. So that's something that's going to be um, among our top priorities in 2023 that we have a system around it and we have already developed a bit of a plan around hitting those lists more often and uh, with the aim of generating obviously more trials, more revenue, more members. It's a fantastic um, saying where, like, things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. And we hit our list last year, but just probably not as consistent as we should have been. So yeah. our, our frequency is going to be twice a week, uh, every week for our email list, and we're going to do a text blast twice a month. That's what we've decided to, and that's what we're committing to. Yeah, so we're hoping to get a good return from that, but... We've already paid for those leads. They're already in our database. They're literally just sitting there. So that's just about us um, using our software, making some content um, around that so they are getting hit, you know, like I said, twice a week and twice a month via text and then just implementing and following through with that. So we've already come up with a strategy and now as long as we just put it in the plan, we can live with the results and know that we're doing what we can to hit those lists and those leads that we have already acquired and have already paid for. Okay. So, mate, number two uh, is referrals. So when you're really, 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 really good at paid ads, you can get a little bit slack in other areas of lead generation. Similar to hitting our list, like we were getting referrals last year, but sometimes you just don't ask for them or you just don't ask often enough. So what if you put in place this uh, for 2023, mate, to get more referrals? Yeah, so two things. First one is every single month we want to have some sort of event or something where people can bring their friends along to the gym for free. So we've spoke about this, um, I think, recently somewhere. We're doing Bring a Friend for Free Fridays, um, four months of the year. Uh, we're going to be doing Bring a Friend Free weeks, an extra four months of the year, and then we're also going to have four open days. So one of those things is going to happen every month. So that's where in our mind, obviously, we're going to be marketing and communicating that amongst our members, but 
if someone does have a friend, if someone's got family member, workmate, um, partner, anyone who has any sort of interest in coming to check out the gym, it's never going to be that far away before they can come along for free. So we always wanted something every, at least every, at most I should say every four weeks where we've got something where they can come and do a workout or a week or whatever it may be for free. Um, and that's on our planner. That's already in action. We've got our Bring a Friend, uh, sorry, Friday, Bring a Friend Friday starting the first Friday in January, which we're going to start promoting uh, that first business day here in 2023. Uh, and then on top of that, we are going to be trying to get more referrals from our members and namely our newer members. So we are going to be, once they sign up to a trial uh, after their um, first session, we're going, you know, when they are very excited, they're happy they've started, they're, you know, they've, they've, they're, they're probably the epitome of excitement after that first session. When we reach out and we ask them how their first session went, we also ask them if they've got anyone who may be interested in doing this program with them for the next three, four, six weeks, whatever that period is, and then sending them a, um, a Canva that we have made up with a seven-day free trial um, offer for them. Our most successful referral offer is really cute. It will, will you be my plus one? So we make it look like a wedding invitation. It's just a really cool spin to ask someone to come in as opposed to like, do you want to come work out with me? So we, we find that's been really effective. Yeah. And then we've got another two periods in the first um, about 60 days, I think, where we're asking if they've got anyone interested. So reaching out a little bit more to, to our newer members, having those other events on our calendar where current members, new and old, can bring along people. And that's just something that's going to go on in the background in addition to our paid ads, hitting our lists and, and the other marketing stuff that we do. Mm, yeah. So the next one, mate, is just adding a few extra profit layers. So this year we did supplements really well uh, and we did kids training really well. Yeah. It's probably We probably did it well for the last sort of six to nine months of the year. So we want to get a whole – 12 months on that where we have regular times where we're doing supplement orders. Uh, we're going to make our kids program a little bit more um, of a regular and consistent thing throughout the school term and then something in the school holidays. Um, but just keeping those two really regular and then just starting the conversation, you know, around potentially some, some personal training um, or some semi-private training, which is a little bit more dependent on our staff and their availability, but really just trying to to maximise, um, I guess, our our network and then how can we continue to help them um, or use that, that network to, to generate us some, um, I guess, some more business, whether it be through supplements, whether it be through merchandise, whether it be through a kids program, um, or personal training or you know, whatever that may be. So just a few more things that are going to be in front of mind and, and having that, that mindset from the beginning of the year, it's going to be exciting to see, if, you know, what we can generate through that um, as it's a bit more of a focus for the whole year. And while they're still front of mind, 95% of our focus is still on our member direct debit. Once our debit is rock solid, once we have cheap leads, lots of trials, lots of referrals, everything's going well at that point we'll look on to add those additional profit layers and you may be thinking this is a lot of hard work like well when do i order supplements 
when do I do my Bring a Friend for Free Week? How do I organize my social events? And I would strongly encourage every fitness business owner to sit down for half a day this week, look at your calendar, and start adding things in as reminders. Yeah, great time to plan when you're sort of wrapping things up for the year and and you can really start to, to do yourself a favour and plan out your at least first quarter of next year. Get, get the first 13 weeks of next year, you know, in the books, get it in, you know, a bit of a plan in your calendar and then you can um, follow through with that plan here in the new year. All right, the next one, we've started doing this at the back end of this year and it's been working really, really well. So typically when we book a, a trial or, or consultation, we sell them into a 21, a 28-day, a six challenge. But recently we've been selling them straight into a six or 12-month membership, even though they inquire on a short-term challenge. So we want to try continue to do that next year. Yeah, this is more based off selling to goal. Uh, if you've got someone who's, you know, in on that phone call and they're talking about your 28-day challenge or your program that you're you know, advertising and they keep mentioning that and they've, you know, they want to just improve their fitness or whatever, then there's a case that you just followed that 28-day strategy and, and hopefully they enjoy it and sign up, et cetera. You know, same old plan. But if you've got someone on that phone that's talking about 20 kilos of weight loss, um, and you know they they have struggled in the past. They stop start. They've yo yo dieted. You know they finally decided they want to do something about it. And you know this is the first step in that you know, they've taken in five years. It seems a little bit silly just to say, okay, well let's get you started on twenty eight days or twenty one days or six weeks. So this this is a little bit higher level sales and more advanced sales. I think you would probably agree there, Jamie. And that's where. It's really dependent on the person and it comes back to if you feel like that you're going to be able to help them more in, in six or 12 months, then that's what you should be offering them. Doesn't yeah. work. doesn't work 100% of the time, but if you go, you follow your script, you follow that strategy, if they've got a big goal and you think that they're going to be better off with you for a minimum of six months as opposed to a minimum of 21 or 28 days, then as long as that's something that you um, that you believe and you're congruent with with what you're saying, then that's definitely an option and something you should be offering people. And and that's something we've done probably the last six or eight weeks and been successful with actually converting some of our, um, I guess, new prospects straight into a membership and signing a contract and, and going from there. Well, absolute worst case, you pitch them six or 12 and they'll say, oh, can I just do 28 days first? It almost downplays that. So like you can always drop sell if it doesn't work out. But how this came about was I've been doing some sales for another company uh, and they sell straight to 26 weeks. And we thought, well, if they're doing 26 weeks, why the hell are we doing 28 days? Well, we'll forget that company for a sec. That's what we used to do. Yeah, we did. But yeah, Anytime Fitness, 18 months. But even back in some of our older locations, we were doing that. So it, it's... We, we kind of veered away from it and, and we're getting a lot more volume now. So so obviously, you know, it, it, it's not going to work all the time, but it's something that's on our mind in those sales calls and we think, okay, if this person is a good candidate for a longer program, then we should uh, we should go for it. Mm, absolutely. Well, maybe we, we, got, we got one more to wrap up. Uh, just more responsibility for our staff. We've got a bunch of great systems in place and every single day, every single week, as we're becoming more and more efficient, 
we're trying to offload the tasks that you and I don't particularly enjoy or tasks that they can actually do as well as we can. Yeah, and it's about de developing staff too. You know, we, we've got two full-time staff members who are lo looking to continue to grow and, and learn new skills and and be uh, be part of be part of the um, be part of the business and, and continue to grow as you know personally and professionally. So we want to give them a little bit more responsibility. And if there is anything that we can take off our plate that they can do as well, or perhaps even better than us, then that's a win-win. We we get more time to do you know, work on the business and work on, on this project, fitness business consulting and fitness business growth, and then they have more responsibility, which also comes with more pay for them. So it's something that we're going to be looking to, to outsource more things if we feel like that it is a good fit for our staff. I guess our dream outcome is having our weekly meeting, putting everything that needs to get done from a strategic level in the calendar. We run the ads, we both do sales, but everything else is handled by our amazing staff, freeing us up to do whatever we want, fitness, business growth, and other things. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has gone on a bit, mate, but 40 minutes, so people are probably sick of us. But just wanted to do a um, yeah, a bit of a review, obviously, end of the year, and us looking back, we, we've, we've been able to identify what we've done well and just then five or six things that we're looking to, to focus on here next year. So if you have listened to all of this, I strongly suggest you do the same. Have a look at your business. The year's just gone. What have you done well? What haven't you done well? What can you change? What are you going to continue to do because it's working well? And then put it into action for 2023. All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And we look forward to recording Episode 9 early in 2023. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.